This is Alt 98.7, online at alt98.com, and be sure to download our mobile app. My name is Brian, and uh, earlier this week, we lost a local drummer, musician, friend, artist. His name is Hunter White, and it is amazing to me sometimes how things work out. I have been in this city since 1986, effectively my entire life. I can't go anywhere without running into somebody I at least am an acquaintance of but usually can't go anywhere without running to somebody I know well. And somehow, some way, I did not know Hunter White personally, but almost every single person I know did. And through the flooding of social media stories and sadness and celebration and everything in between, I feel like I've known this guy my entire life. It is such an awful loss for the city, but it is both heartbreaking and in ways empowering to see the local scene, my friends, my acquaintances, my my people come together and 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 celebrate together and love together and live together and remember together. It's it's powerful stuff. Albert Hunter White, it is quite clear that you were dearly loved in this city and you will be sorely missed. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? Weekly dose. Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you. Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Welcome into the podcast, the Stone on Air Weekly Dose. It'll be a double dose this week. Monday the 16th, Wednesday the 18th. My name is Brian Stone. Thank you for finding the show. I haven't really known what to do the last week second segment of the show i'll explain why i didn't do a show last week a couple of different reasons but my friends are why i'm doing this one because social media has never been more what is the word i'm looking for meaningful Maybe it's meaningful. In the last five, six days, I've never enjoyed having social media, more specifically Facebook, as much as I have in the last five or six days because of my friends and their posts. And the coming together of telling stories and grieving together and and smiling together and laughing together and celebrating together on not just social media, but at JJ's the other day, which I'll get into all that here in a minute. And I'm just going just off the cuff today. I don't have a note in front of me. I don't know how long this will take. Could be five minutes, could be 35 minutes. And who are we kidding? When have I ever done anything? Only about five or 10 minutes. I'm sure it'll go a while. 
But so last week we um, we lost a member of the community, the arts community, the music scene of our fa- friends and family. His name is Hunter White. He was a drummer, a couple years younger than me. He was 36, if I'm not mistaken. And as I mentioned on the front end there, that clip was from Friday, the day of his funeral, when I was over at the radio station. And I, I, I wanted to make a mention of it on the air just at least once. And, um, and it's, that is quite true that I have. I, I don't know that I ever met him proper. I knew that the, the bands that I was seeing over the years had drummers, right? I just, I didn't know who they all were. And I'm, I'm, I haven't lived near where Tremont Tavern is since 2006. I live just down the street from it, actually. So I, I, it's not my neighborhood bar. It's really nowhere near where I'm normally at uh, as far as a place to go, you know, have some beers. It's a little bit too far away from where I'm usually headed, meaning home. And so I, I don't go to Tremont often, a couple times a year at most. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, other than people I go with or one or two I might recognize who are there having a beer and a bite, I don't, you know, outside of me, I've, I've met Dustin, one of the owners. That's about as far as it goes. So somehow I I didn't even recognize him. And um, as far as like, oh, there's that guy. I remember that guy. It wasn't even it wasn't even to that level. So there's on my end, there's not this huge emotional crush when you first hear that news i think we're all this way a little bit in the second half of the show i'm going to have another example of something that has really bothered me here recently that sometimes you just don't even think twice about but you know people die all the time and and if you're not emotionally connected you don't like to hear that it's awful news but it's you know doesn't stick around for any longer than a you know snap of the fingers sometimes depending on the situation and so that you know at first like oh wow that's terrible i hate to hear that and then you start, I start seeing people posting something. Sometimes at first it was very cryptic. And then over the next day or two, I think it was around Wednesday was when, the, when it happened and when the, the post started. And then I just kept seeing more and more and more from all these people that I know so well that are such close friends of mine and some that are just really, really strong acquaintances that I might not, you know, I might not have their phone number, but if I see them in public, we talk, we talk music. Uh, I've, people I've just interviewed on the show, uh, bands that I've emceed for, you know, people that I just know be through the scene. Um, and I just kept, and then, you know, then again, some people I know and have loved my whole life, and I keep seeing more and more, and it's just, and they're, and they're so elegantly put, and it's, some of it's so beautiful, and it's so captivating, this, this just constant flow of of remembrance and celebration and sadness and I'm just immersed in it and it's making me it's 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 emotionally drug me in and uh I just felt so bad and helpless absolutely helpless to the situation I can't say anything I'm not going to you know I'm not going to post anything I didn't I didn't know the guy I'm not going to say anything to anybody in the thread what am I what am I going to say what am I supposed to say and and, I don't, and nobody would have been mad if I did, you know, just put a condolence or something. But that's just, I, you know, that just, I didn't know what to say. So I'm often of the you know, the stance of if you don't know what to say or don't have anything to say, then just shut up. And so that's that's what I did. And part of that is why I didn't do a show last week because it was right around time to record and plan. And I I I lost I lost my 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 head went blank, completely blank. I didn't know what to say. 
And then Friday rolled around in the and the celebration of life and the the funeral was that day and that's when I decided to talk about it on the radio just for you know no longer than a couple of minutes over the course of a, of a half hour and I and then there was the big show at JJ's which was a Danimal Planet show I think I'm getting this right if I'm mixing it up a little bit I apologize to anybody who put this together I believe it was a Danimal Planet show uh, reg- regularly scheduled originally scheduled I should say on that Friday and. Dan scrapped it and set up the stage however they, you know, with whatever they did, what they needed, and just, it was just come one, come all. I think there was donations on the front end. I don't even know if there was a cover, and I've, I was reading that somewhere in upwards of 300 people were there, and if that's true, then that's, that's damn near capacity, if not over it. And I, I wanted to go, but because, I, I, I've talked to some people over at the, the market yesterday. I tend to distance myself when when something really heavy happens i i don't know why i enjoyed seeing everybody's uh camaraderie uh, through facebook posts i really did it made me feel better about the situation for everybody but i i don't like to get in, immersed into the actual you know in the setting where everybody in the room it's it's uncomfortable for me i've had family members that have passed away and then i no one saw me for a couple of days didn't hear from me either. And at one time when in the last most recent situation I had, somebody was like, dude, what's your problem? Why haven't you, why aren't you calling them? Why aren't you there right now? Well, cause they would think something was seriously off if I had, if I had reacted that way, cause I tend to be distant and I hope that everybody respects everybody's way of dealing with uh, grief and, 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 and news like that, because it's just not something that happens very often. At least you sure as hell hope it doesn't. But I decided not to go to the JJ's show, and I I do wish I do kind of wish I I did go, but I never played music with um with Hunter or or most anybody really there. There was two or three people I did. I'll back up a little bit. Back in the day, early two thousands, mid two thousands, a lot of people don't realize this um, because a lot of the musicians and bands that are playing now are younger. I was trying my damnedest to get into the to be part of the music scene. I play guitar, sing songs, wrote, write songs, did it for years. It was um, it was my creative outlet until I started working in radio, and then they were both my creative outlets. I I you know that's what I really. What I thrive for, it's what I, I, I've got to have some kind of creative process going on. And for the longest time, I wanted to be a musician, just like everybody else did. I opened, uh, my band opened for a couple times for the Joneses. Uh, Rhythm and Brews was the biggest show we ever had. Uh, people that were there, uh, Lacey was belly dancing. She probably doesn't even remember, didn't know who I was then. I didn't know who she was then. Uh, we opened that up in uh, 2009. That was pretty much the end uh, of that run when I realized, uh, quite frankly, I realized I wasn't good enough. I realized that I wasn't good enough to hang with so many of these incredible musicians that I just I lost some of the passion for it and started shifting my focus towards my radio work and putting all my extra time into that. And I'm glad that I did because I took that and became really, really good at it. And I became good enough to compete with anybody in the city for any kind of job in that media spectrum you know, there basically any kind of job in that in that world, I am as qualified as anybody for. And part part of that is is because I decided to devote all my time to that and go away from playing music. I haven't picked, I haven't strummed a guitar for more than five minutes in five years. It's just I don't I don't care about it like I used to. It used to be a passion for me, and then I kind of grew out of it. But over all those years playing with people, 
uh, meeting new people, interviewing people um, at the radio station, through the podcast now, all these different uh, relationships that I've met, I have a huge circle of, of, of serious acquaintances just kind of, oh, hey, we recognize each other because we know what we do types and then really, really good friends. And to see how how powerful that a lot of those those posts were, it just showed me how strong this uh, this community is and this this scene is. And so on the second half of of this that I saw over the weekend, Jonathan Sussman, who everybody knows, uh, he is a, a a good friend of mine. He put something out there. This is all verbatim. I don't I don't uh, have it uh, in front of me, but something about the mental wellness of creative types, something or other needs to be uh, paid attention to. Again, I'm sorry. It was, that's not what it was, but that was a point of the a very short brief post that he put ended up getting within a couple of days, like 150 comments and counting. It could be way above that with the several shares. And I didn't read through all of it. I just skimmed through it. And from skimming through it, it seemed to, um, to be a very good conversation within that thread uh, on that Facebook post. And it got me thinking more and more. I often talk about how when tragedies happen, when bad things happen, I can't get emotionally involved or emotionally wrapped up in it unless I understand, unless it's something I can identify with. And then if I can identify with it, it scares the hell out of me. And depression is something that I can identify with. And somebody, one mention was something about, well, we should be mindful of all mental wellness. And I, I don't know, I don't want to speak for Jonathan, but I, I think maybe where he was coming from is creative minds doesn't mean you're, if you're, if you're a creative type, it doesn't mean that you're smarter than other people, that you're more important than other people. It doesn't mean that you're, uh, you have any kind of advantage in life over somebody who's not that way like say more more of a domesticated family life type of person who can still have plenty of creativity but uses it as, but the creative type that uses it as a way for your well-being to make money as a way to uh to survive uh, and that's what you've chosen to do with your life those are two different types of of of, of minds and they work equally in their own way and are good and bad in their own ways and i think his point is a creative mind often can't shut their damn brain off. Constantly thinking, constantly uh, reevaluating, constantly trying to figure out what you could have done better than you did the last time. Constantly trying to tinker and and and, and think of how you can rework something that you might have felt like you failed at, and you can't stop thinking about it until sometimes you have to turn to substances and and. And alcohol and drugs. And I don't know how much of that kind of stuff was involved in, in Hunter's situation. I didn't ask, and I'm not going to. And I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about that end of it. But overall, just the people who devote their life to creative medium, mediums are constantly second-guessing themselves. Constantly thinking that they're not good enough. Or constantly thinking that what I just did isn't any good. We're often our own worst enemy. Depression can set in from lots of different angles. And um, and and minds that are wor working 100 miles an hour all the time are sometimes very difficult minds to be satisfied. And that can be dangerous because I can identify with that because I have a brain that won't shut off ever. And it um, it can be maddening at times. And it can and, and I have not I've never been suicidal. Right. Just get that out there right now. 
but I have sure as hell sat around and wondered what is what is the point? Like what's the point of doing this? Why am I why am I valuable? Who am I whose lives am I enriching by being around? Like is this, you know, the hell hey, is this microphone on? Can anybody hear this? You know, from the simplest thing to a much more serious thing that might involve other relationships, other feelings, other heartbreaks, and questioning what is your purpose is something I can completely identify with. And in a lot of walks of life, it's, you know, it's religion, it's spirituality. And though I am now clearly out in the open of saying that I am, uh, I am not a believer, but I really, really do encourage spirituality and the practice of anything along those lines. If you're doing it authentically, I, I encourage that because it, it helps people get a sense of purpose. I think that's a great thing. It's just not, it's just, it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, now, you know, fake ass stuff involved with, you know, the rhetoric of the, of the world we're in right now, that's a bunch of garbage that I got no time for. But the authentic practicing of spirituality and religion is a way that people find purpose and they re- and it really works for a lot of people. And I think that's great. Then there's a, another sense of, um, of family, you know, whether it be more traditional or less traditional, mom, dad, kids, dog, cat, that kind of thing. And, um, and oftentimes I wish, you know, that maybe, maybe life would be more fulfilling if I had something like that. Now, I mean, I'm going on 40 here, but so never say never, but I don't see that in my future. And I think that may, you know, that can lead to purpose. Why am I here? Well, it's for this. It's for, it's for Johnny. It's for Jill. It's for, it's for wife. It's for every, it's for, this is what it's for. This is what I live for. And I know a lot of people in those domesticated situations who love their lives and it were, or seemingly anyway, on the outside. And I know people who are in that setting that are damn miserable. I mean, completely and utterly miserable. So that doesn't ensure that purpose of life. So sometimes if you get, you know, when you get into your, to these ages of the mid thirties and you start looking around and your, your, your maturity is just at an all time high things that used to matter, things that used to upset you, things that used to be a, you know, burdens to the way you lived your life. Now it's just, who the hell cares about any of that petty bullshit, right? So your, your, your brain shifts and how you start thinking about things. And emotions start to get stronger in certain areas you never felt before. And then there might be chemical and alcohol and substance, uh, maybe not even abuse, just usage mixed in with how difficult life is. America is one of the most difficult places to live because we really make it that way. And I'm not turning this into like an ideological kind of conversation real quick. I'm just saying just this is this is factual. Life is hard. American life is hard. It was designed to be hard. And if you do it well and you and you and you succeed, you will be greatly rewarded or at least generally and in, 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 in a perfect situation, you'll be greatly rewarded. But if you don't, if you don't and mental illness sets in because of your of your perception of what is success and what isn't. That's why our mental illness is so high in this country. That's why we have such abuse of, me- of medications in this country is because it is so difficult and it's so easy to get depressed in you know, social, socialized areas of the world, communist areas of the world. 
a lot of people aren't even, we're all in learned behavior, right? If we all grew up in North Korea, then we wouldn't know. If I was born in North Korea, I wouldn't know what some guy talking to a microphone in his basement, in his garage in Chattanooga, Tennessee is even talking about right now because he didn't have any, he doesn't have any understanding perspective to get what I'm even talking about right now because they've been designed in a, in a, in a culture that is very structured and here's what you do and here's how you do it. And if you do this, you'll make it, you'll be fine. So those stresses are different. Now, we all know that there's a lot of these communists in areas that are off. The conditions are awful. So again, this is not an ideological conversation. My point is just freedom isn't free on any level and freedom is difficult. And so when I start to see more of this and people talking about it online and, and just and just virtually hugging each other and loving each other, it made me feel so empowered in a way but so terrified in the same way because I can identify with being in your mid-30s and feeling like what you do, you do well, but it is difficult to get compensated for what you want to do. And you look around and you see people doing things not nearly as well as you're doing them and they're being celebrated. And I'm making some, I don't know if this is anything Hunter's ever thought about for one second, but it's all the same idea of I get depression and depression comes in every shape or form or fashion for whatever emotional situations you're having. And after looking through his, his Facebook profiles and the people he knows and the people, the things he's into, I feel like he's a kindred spirit. This is somebody that I would totally identify with. And I can, I can just, I get it. I get it. I'm busting my ass over here every day. I'm busting it over here every day. And I'm, I'm never getting to where I want to be. I can never perfect this portion of what i'm trying to do people who don't do things near as well as i do are over here being you know celebrated while i'm being ignored even if those aren't true even if that's even if that perception is off i think i'm the worst at everything i do half the time when i started this podcast 20 minutes ago i was like what the hell am i gonna do how the hell how am i gonna do this so just because you think that doesn't mean it's true but often creative types musicians artists are their own worst enemy that's not good enough. I've got to do it again. That was horrible. Oh, God. What a, how, why do I even bother? I get all that. I identify with all of that. And the stigma we have still, it's less than it used to be, but mental illness, that you're weak. You know, I, I grew up in a middle class, white American family. Being mentally ill, being mentally weak meant you were a pussy, right? What's the matter with you? What's the matter with your kid over there? What's he weak? Is he soft? Now I got, you know, I didn't buy into that at a quite the age I realized that that was bullshit. I figured that out pretty quick. But some people, it's it's difficult. It's difficult the way stigmas, the way judgments are, the way you, the way you know people might think. And you can say you, I can say we can all say a thousand times. Oh, I don't care what anybody thinks. We all care a little bit. We all want to be liked. Everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Everybody wants to, uh, to be respected. We really do. Even if you say you don't, you do. And I say it all the time. I don't give a damn what they think. No, no. No, I do. You know, I want people to walk away and, and, and have at least a decent opinion of me. And, and so it's just, it's so difficult to, to wrap your brain around and, and, and and just like cases like this you see all the time, you, the few people I have talked to, which have been so few, it's like, I just never would have, you just never would have seen this coming. Never would have seen this coming. And because the reason is, 
that you never see this coming is because these are these often happen to people who are completely put together and are on the outside. It just looks like it's all it's all good. The the ones you walk around say, of course, I'm not surprised that person did that to themselves because the people that walk around acting suicidal are just looking for attention. It's a tortured artist, man. It's a tortured artist, and it's. I just want to say I, I I love you guys, man. I love this city. I love um the scene. I love my people. I love my acquaintances. I love my friends. I love the the people who I haven't met that are in bands that I've listened to over the years. I love the ones I've met and then I forgot who they are. I love the ones that I I should know their names and I can't remember their names. I just uh, I think this is this is an awful situation that I do believe is going to have some good come out of it, just in the sense of. Of, of coming together and realizing how great of a, of a scene and a bunch of people we have in this city. And I think it's going to really help open up the conversation of mental illness. And that's where Jonathan Sussman's post was so important. And part of what they were talking about through some of that was about maybe some meetings, monthly meetings or, or whatever, or quarterly or whatever the hell it is, once a year or one time only or whatever, is that it's okay for you to, to not understand what's going on. It's okay to to admit that you're that you're mentally struggling. I have very varying mental illness at any given time. I have had times stretches where I've, you know, in 2008 and 9 when I wasn't working as much and I was broke and I started taking Xanax regularly. Uh, and got a little small uh, addiction I had to get over back then not many people know about. That was based around being depressed. And then I masked it with drugs and then you know now we got a whole nother conversation on our hands. And I was able to fix that situation, get out from underneath it, get back to work, get my brain back on, uh, you know, screwed back on, so to speak, and then and was able to turn my situation around. And, and, and right now, in the last couple of years, you know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm loving life. I love life. I have not had a lot of spells of, of, of depression recently. And depression doesn't always have anything to do with whether you got work, money, or whatever. That doesn't have anything to do with it either. You know, but when I was fired in june of 2016 from from my beloved radio station and borderline dream job and my my daily creative process the, the main thing i wanted to you know live my life for at that time i was in the dumps hardcore for a long time so um <clears throat> i guess i'll i'll put the wraps on that right there but i just i, I don't i'm proud of you i'm proud of my friends i'm proud of you guys i'm proud of the way that that people have reacted to this and I'm 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 proud of the way people have uh have been just virtually and literally in person hugging each other crying and loving together. I'm uh, I'm proud of you. That's it. I'm going to get out of this segment. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you why I didn't do the show yesterday and talk about another situation of a uh, of a really sad story that I can identify with some and um, and then just a few more words of that, and then uh, put the wraps on this show. I will have a more structured, real, topical, back to being pissed off, Brian guy. Um, probably, uh, I'm not exactly sure the topics yet, but it's coming together for Wednesday. So it's a double dose, weekly dose podcast, the 16th of July on a Monday and the 18th. And my name is Brian Stone. I'll be right back.
are coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stillonair.com. Welcome back to the podcast. It's a double dose. Monday and Wednesday. At Stone on Air on all social media. If you're not following along already, where the hell have you been? I'll follow you right back, I promise. Fun weekend. Um, CFC, people say they got screwed. I'm not sure they got screwed, but it sure felt like it at the time. Their season is over. I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts of that because I don't understand soccer rules enough to do it. But double overtime, penalty kicks, got something taken away at the end, and people throwing crap on the field. Either way, the season's over. Another successful one. And, man, one of the best nights out you're going to have is this Chattanooga Football Club. I guess when it, going back to the last segment, I'm, I'm pretty damn lucky in life. Well, I, know, I guess nothing. I'm totally lucky. I'm lucky as bleep. Jeez. But that I haven't had anybody really, really close to me pass away. And that'll start to change as we all get older. We all know that. But we're all still pretty damn young. <laughs> I mean, I, I you know. People talk about, oh, my God, I'm getting so old. Dude, you're 37. You're not that old. Oh, my God, I'm 31. God, I'd do anything to be 31 again. But, I, you know, we that just comes with it. Everybody does that. All right, so this week, this past seven days, eight, nine days, has been a real struggle. And um, and it's part of the reason why I didn't do a show last week. I just I got wrapped up in a lot of different things. And so real quick as to really the, one of the main reasons is – I have had trouble with my my hands and feet for many many years now, and it's it's like carpal tunnel in the hands, but with tingling and sensations like that, and um, limited use of of my fingers at times happens more in the winter time. I've had the shock the shit out of your hands test, Neurala, whatever it's called. I've had medical attention on this. It's not carpal tunnel, and they don't know what the hell it is, and so I've given up even messing with it because it's not as bad as it used to be. But my feet has been a different story. And it's the same kind of situations in my feet as in my hands, except for a little bit different. And um, it comes in waves, and usually if I get any pains, it goes away pretty quickly. Well, last Monday, uh, a week ago, right now today, the day that this is being released on the 16th, I woke up and could barely walk. My left foot was so swollen up and jacked up. It, it basically felt like I dropped a bowling ball on my foot. And so I think, all right, this is, this is, it's happened that bad before, but only once. And it was, I was able to soak it nice, take some uh, over-the-counter meds, load up on ibuprofen, uh, stay off of it, and get the swelling down and be, be mobile within less than 24 hours. So I think, all right, I'll do all that. I'll hobble around to work, and then I'll, I'll be fine, and I won't worry about it. Well, that doesn't work at all. Tuesday, just as bad. And I'm having to do extra work at the radio station, and I'm having to go to work. I'm having to go back and forth and hobble all around the place, and it was in, I was just in a lot of pain, constant pain. And then into Wednesday, it was still just as bad. At that point, 
I had heard about Hunter and started seeing all that. So between pain, work, exhaustion, and this awful story, this awful situation, my head just wasn't in it. My head just, my head just was not in it. I had some plans. I had some thoughts. I had my, you know, my, my notepad was going. My show sheet was in the works. And I just felt like I don't have the strength to hobble down the stairs into the garage and do this podcast, let alone the emotional strength to try to put together something that anybody's going to want to listen to at a time when everybody's grieving so badly. So I thought, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to do it. So I called my dad who's in healthcare. He he finds somebody who get who's able to push me in in the next morning over at Memorial Hospital. I have only been in a hospital a handful of times. So I get over there Thursday and I am still hobbling badly. I'm not getting better. I'm not getting worse, but I'm not getting better. And so I'm walking on the side of my foot, noticeable limp, can't can't get around, basically almost dragging my foot behind me. Park in the parking garage, walk across the bridge. Walk up through several floors, all through this hospital, which felt like a morgue. I mean, an absolute morgue. Felt like I was in 1985. I'm not bagging on Memorial. I'm sure they, uh, maybe you're great. I don't know. Get in there. Takes a look at it. They think it might, this this situation, it might be gout. I, I don't know. Uh, I've read up on that before. It's something that anybody could get. Mainly, It does hit males in their 30s more more often than, than other time uh, ages, and females don't seem to be susceptible to it as much. And uh, basically your diet. You got you to gotta cut out a bunch of uh, everything we all eat. Don't eat that stuff anymore. It's weird. It's a very odd thing. I've heard of it, but didn't know a whole lot about it. Still waiting on the blood work to come back. I don't know if that's what it is, because I've, I've had pains constantly for years, and it wasn't that before, because it has been looked at. Anyway, so I go down, I get some blood work done, and I'm... I'm I'm in this, the only doctor I've ever gone to before is a standalone over Hicks and Pike Medical over uh, just through the S-curves, small little doctor's office, one-on-one care, you go get your blood taken, it's right across the hall, just you and them, it's just very, very one-on-one. Well, they send me down to the lab, and I'm in this area with people all around me looking like they're dying. Uh, they put me in the in the area to finally pull blood, which I don't do well with this. I get I get lightheaded and have almost fainted before, just from the blood coming out. Not because of the needle. I'm not scared of the needle, but uh, and I had an empty stomach usually too. And this this guy across from me, so it's like six of us in this room, all getting pricked and blood taken out. And I'm just thinking, this feels like a bad movie. I feel like I'm I'm dying. I feel, I feel this is I I was just weirded out beyond belief and. And right across from me is this this guy in such a bad way, older. I can't, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's got bruises all over him. It's just, ugh, felt so bad for him. And the nurses were having trouble finding his vein, and they and they just kept sticking him over and over again. And he's just like, you could tell he's. I, it was it was horrifying. And so they they finally they stick they come to me and they get me and I just tell her, listen, I'm not real good with this. So put my head back. And uh, close my eyes and just do it. And uh, and I might get lightheaded, and I'm just going to need to sit here for a minute for sure. Well, I get real lightheaded on this one. And I start to, I, I pretty much passed out for like a second. And she's trying to talk to me, trying to keep me. And I'm just thinking, I know what you're doing, lady. I appreciate it. I appreciate you trying. I need you to shut up. Don't say any of those things. But as I kind of come back to, and she's like, okay, we're done. And I'm like, oh, and there's a nurse is like rushing over. She's got an orange juice in her hand and a Sprite in her hand. And she was like, I could see that coming from a mile away. I look like you were just about to topple over. 
And I was like, thank you, thank you. And I guzzled the orange juice and I guzzled the Sprite. And then I'm all of a sudden, you know, the sugar levels are back in the blood and I'm, I'm starting to feel better, but I'm still pouring sweat. And so I just sit there for about five, six, seven minutes. And she's like, just take your time. Just see you later when you're done. And so I get up and then I drag my broke ass foot all the way across the, uh, <laughs> the hospital back to the parking garage. It was a really miserable morning. And what's my point here? I'll, I won't go on for too much longer with this. Is that um, after getting out of the uh, morgue, I mean, Memorial Hospital, I, uh, I really, that into that weekend, into Friday and into Saturday, I started to just think a lot, a lot about the Hunter situation. And then, you know, not spending much time in hospitals, I, I thought about these people around me that were very sick and, um, and just looked like they were just living in pain. And um, and then I thought about a friend of mine, I won't say her name, but dear, dear, dear friend of mine. And this is the closest thing I, I will have to somebody who is really close to me um, having an awful situation in their life. Uh, she's not she's not dead, but she has been diagnosed with cancer. That is that could that, that she's not guaranteed to live. And if she doesn't live. It's such a bad cancer. It is going the the quality of her life for the longest time, at least for now, is just is just abysmal. And which to me is just as devastating, just as devastating. Having your quality of life drained, zapped, and disappear to me is just oh, it just my hand, my finger, and my thumb is about a, an inch apart. It's about that much better than than just the ultimate demise. And I, that might not be nice to say, and maybe it's a little crass, but I I just I value quality of life, but, and it's, it's been so upsetting. And I've just found out about that in the last couple of weeks. And so I'm just thinking a lot into the weekend. I'm thinking, you know, a guy that I didn't know, but easily could have been my best friend. Had I just, you know, had a beer with a different group of people one day in my life. Right. Like I just didn't sit at the table that one time that he was probably at, you know, the only reasons we're not great friends is circumstantial situations. So somebody I can identify with, has such uh, demons and a, and, a, and a tortured soul to a certain degree that that's the route he went is so devastatingly awful for me to, to think about and it does emotionally touch me. And then my dear friend of my most of my life, family friend, is just getting beaten in down by cancer right now. And I have lived my life doing whatever I want, whenever I want, at any time, and I've had very, very, very little consequences for how poorly I have lived my life from a health standpoint, from a uh, just an overall wellness standpoint. I have very little consequences. What, what do I got? Both these two people are people who have lived similar lives to me as far as same kind of demographics, same kind of likes and, and, um, and recreational kind of things. Very similar, while, while very, very different in a lot of ways. Overall, pretty similar body types and style, lifestyles. One was so tortured, he couldn't keep going. One has been stricken by, 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 by life-sucking cancer, and I've got a, I got a bum foot out of the deal. Right? I mean, that's about the extent of the issues that I have to deal with right now. And it just doesn't seem fair. It, it doesn't seem fair that some people can't make it, whether they're, they're, they're mentally can't handle it or 
just physically due to disease can't. And then a guy like me who barely tries to take care of myself gets up one disastrous decision after another. And, uh, and I'm always just fine. I'm always good. And that luck's going to run out. That luck is going to run out at some point. I do understand this. And after getting out of that hospital, I just got to thinking, I can't be back here anytime soon. I cannot spend time in this morgue. I mean, Memorial Hospital. I can't do it. And so while I've already been thinking about a lot of things the last couple of years as I approach 40 years old that are considerable lifestyle changes, and I don't mean tomorrow and I don't mean next month. I don't even know exactly what I'm trying to say. But being in that hospital and having those two awful situations with people who are in my circle or somewhat uh, that I at least somewhat know or and have known my whole life, it really got me thinking, dude, you don't have a lot of time left where you have where you have very youthful existence. I had a little bit, you know, you can still live pretty youthfully into your late forties and even into your fifties these days, if you do it right. And I have every advantage genetically, the genetic makeup has given me every van advantage to live that to its fullest and live a youthful life for as long as I possibly can. Very well, likely longer than almost anybody. I've just got to do something about it. I don't know what that is. And I'm going to think about it for the rest of this year. But 1988 is the first year I have vivid memories, so I consider it my first best year. 1998, I was 18 years old and getting out of high school and at the late tail end of the best decade of my life. 2008 was one of the best years of that decade. And now it's 2018. And it's been a good year. It's been a fun year and a half stretch. But something's got to give. Something's going to give. And I got to just try to figure out what, what adjustments I need to do to be able to not be back in that hospital. And that goes back to when I was talking to the doctors when I was there. I was like, I don't want any drugs. I don't want you to mask, you know, my symptoms by giving me drugs. I got to figure out what I need to do to, to get myself completely healthy with holistic approaches and, and essential oils or whatever. I need to look into more of that because I believe in that. I hate the pharmaceutical industry and I hate drugs. And I don't, and I, and I'm very wary of doctors in general. Now, you, if you guys listen regularly, you know I go off on that a lot. And I've got one in the can that I'll get to eventually in my notes to self. But I am not interested in being just drugged out of my head so I can live with my disastrous lifestyle. I, I'm interested in lifestyle adjustments themselves. I just got to figure out what that is. So that is all I got for you guys. That's went a long way to get to the final point of this segment, which is uh, get your shit in order, dude. That's 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 kind of it. Uh, let's see. Coming up on Wednesday's show, I'm going to revisit that, um, uh, what was it, a hearing, I guess, with Terry Gowdy and Peter uh, Strzok from the FBI, and they're grilling him, and uh, just, just a circus that that was. A little bit of Trump audio, and uh, we'll get back to just good old-fashioned talking some uh, American politics and uh, maybe some sound bites and trying to have a little bit of fun. And I'll just dig around and see what else is happening this week. Oh, also coming up on Wednesday, I all of a sudden have gotten the Chattanooga Times Free Press being delivered to me again out of nowhere. I don't know why. If you would not tell them that they're sending it to me for free on accident, I'd appreciate it. But so I decided to go through this each day. For the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to do a segment of news you would have gotten if you were reading the Chattanooga Times Free Press every day. That'll be in a segment 
on Wednesday as well. So if you're new to the show and you just found me today, this is not normally all anecdotal and dark and sad. Usually it's a combination of trying to have fun, trying to be a little funny at times, and trying to give real, what I believe to be fact-based perspective on this, that, and the other. Basically, just my thoughts on the passing parade. At Stone On Air on all social media, and that's it. I got to go. See you. Bye.